morning we're going to have a time of remembrance in the Lord's Supper. Some of you guys that are younger maybe, from other faiths, it's, it's called a lot of different things in the, in the family of God. Sometimes it's called the Eucharist, which means Thanksgiving. That's what the word Eucharist means. Sometimes it's called communion or holy communion. Some of our brothers and sisters believe that literally when um, we bless the, the, the wine and the, or the grape juice and the, and the bread, it literally becomes the body of Christ. Others of us call this the Lord's Supper. We believe this is symbolic. And uh, we're in that category of Baptists. We believe this is symbolic. When, when we take part in the Lord's Supper, we're remembering what Jesus has done for us. This is not literally the body and blood of Christ. But it's symbolic of that. So it's a time of reverence that we have in our hearts. Now, notice I said the term carefully, brothers and sisters in Christ. Just because we might disagree on the way the communion um, is given out doesn't mean they're not my brothers and sisters in Christ. Never will. Just because we disagree on that. But in the Baptist church, we believe there's two ordinances. You've got the Lord's Supper, you've got baptism. The Lord's Supper is about us, these being symbolic of God, Jesus' blood and Jesus' uh, body that was, was broken for us. And we remember that. When we go through the baptismal service, there's some of our brothers and sisters in Christ that believe when you bless that water, it becomes holy water. I mean, literally, it's, it's, it's holy water that you're going through. We as Baptists, again, believe that's symbolic, that, that as you go through that, it's, it's, it's a vow. I've made a vow to Sheila, and that's why I wear this ring. Remember that all the time. It's a vow we've made to God, a non-breakable vow, that, that we've accepted him as our Savior and Lord. When we go through that water, we're saying that we're dying to the old man, that we're, we're a new creature in Christ, that we've been born again, that we've asked Jesus Christ into our heart and life, and he's our Savior and our Lord, which means our boss. And so from that point forward, he, he is everything to us. We've given our lives to him. And so when we go through that, that baptismal service and we come out on the other side, we understand that we have now changed that in front of all of these witnesses, we, we have accepted Christ as our Savior. We're his. We're bound to him. So a little difference in some of the way that, that our brothers and sisters and, and us might disagree over or or have a different way of thinking over the Lord's Supper and over the baptism. But we're still brothers and sisters in Christ. We believe that Jesus Christ died for us. We believe that he is the only way to God. We believe that you have to get through to, to believe in him with all of your heart and be baptized to go down that road. And so as we take this Lord's Supper this morning, I want it to be a time of remembrance for us. We, we talked about the cross a little bit this morning, and, and, uh, and sometimes I think we sensationalize the cross. It's the worst way of dying ever. But you know, the Word says that, that the proper time Jesus came, and that proper time was that He died on the cross. And so it's become a symbol for us, a symbol that we realize what Jesus really went through for us. And so this morning, as we partake of this Lord's Supper, let's remember. Guys, could y'all come help me?
as we take off this top shroud, it, it symbolizes the death shroud that was over Jesus. And we take it off because Jesus is not dead. He's alive. It will be forevermore. And so because of that, we have faith that death will not, we will not see death either. Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior. and He's kept us from death. So the Bible records as Paul talks to the church at Corinth. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you, that the Lord Jesus Christ, on the night he was betrayed, took bread and he gave thanks. Bill, would you give thanks over the bread? Our gracious heavenly Father, Lord, we're so thankful for this day. Lord, we're thankful for what this means to each and every one of us, Lord. That this is your body and your blood shed for us, Lord. For the remission of our sins. Thank you so much, Lord, for everything that we have. Thank you so much. Amen. Amen. recorded that Jesus said to his disciples this bread represents my body which is broken for you as oft as you take it do it in remembrance of me then he said when he had given thanks he broke and said this is my body which is for you do this in remembrance of me in the same way after supper he took the cup saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. Brent, would you lead us in prayer? Dear Lord, thank you for the opportunity to take this for what we're doing tonight. Give us as we take it, Lord, and eat through it as we go through the rest of this day. Mm. Bless us, Lord.
Jesus said to his disciples, this cup represents my blood which was shed for you. As often as you do it, do it in remembrance of me. By the way, it's almost a victory. We got to do it in real cups with some real juice in there, not those little peely things and all that. After all this COVID stuff, that's good stuff. The book of Matthew records that after they had taken the Lord's Supper that, that they sang a hymn. Let's do Amazing Grace together. Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now am found. Was blind, but now I see. Lord, now I pray that you bless your word. Help it to stick deep inside of our hearts, Father. We give you praise for all things. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. <clears throat> if you would take your, Bible, take your Bibles today and turn to the 46th chapter of the book of, of Psalms. This question has been burning inside of my soul all week, maybe for longer than that, maybe for a couple of weeks now. One of, one of the things that you're going to find about old Dave is, is that even though I'm called to this church, I love everybody in this church. There's not a single person that goes to this church that I find about that I don't pray for every single day. I take that very, very seriously but I work for God. What Father tells me to do supersedes everything. And so I'm not gonna be a pastor or a preacher that comes up here on Sunday mornings and, and uh, whatever days I've got to be here. That's not what I do. God has gifted me and given me the ability to be able to pastor people, to shepherd people. So we hunger. She'll not hunger for the day we get that all fixed up and we get here on the field. But I'm not going to be a, I'm going to be an everyday guy. So if you need, don't, don't hesitate to call. I'm not an everyday guy from 8 to 5, 24-7. That's who, what God's called me to do. He's called me to get involved in people's lives. Now, I'm going to admit that sometimes I have trouble with that. I like doing the work over at the parsonage and so on and so forth with my hands. And, and I can get so involved in doing stuff that I forget about people. God has to slap me upside the head a few times, sometimes weekly on that. But this question, God just drilled into me over the last few weeks. What is there in my day that God cannot handle? What is there in my day that God... I want you to ask yourself that question. What is there right now in my life that God cannot handle? Big or small? What is there? So many times we, we kind of think like we talked about in, in Sunday school this morning. Well, I don't need to bother him with the little things. You know, I, I got that chip shot. I've been doing that forever. Ever. 
Sometimes it's the big thing. Sometimes people get to the point, well, I've prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed over that, and it's just not happening. I don't, I'm tired of praying about it. I've got a friend of mine that is a Church of Christ pastor now, and, and Sheila and I prayed for him for 17 years, and I finally just gave up. I said, he ain't never going to come to the Lord. The Church of Christ preacher led him to the Lord. Hey, why? Because God wanted him to be his. As you think about that question, I want to read this passage of Scripture, Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. And that word there means a phobia, means a fear that consumes us through, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their singing, surging, I'm sorry, there's a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice. The earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see the works of the Lord, the desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes war cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I'll be exalted among the nations. I'll be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us, the God of Jacob is our fortress. What is there in our life that God cannot do? Nothing. I don't know what all of you are going through. I know that Sheila Mai's life, we, 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 we're going through some change. Lots of change. I don't like change. But it's inevitable, it seems. We go through a lot of change. There's all kinds of turmoil with that. And I have to stop and ask myself, can God not handle that? Can God not handle the biggest problem that I've got? Can God not handle the smallest thing that's going on? Can he not handle it? The answer to that is yes. And so what's my response to that? First of all, I've got to find that place that I can be still. I get the privilege of driving about an hour and a half here sometimes. I can be still. Just think nothing but about God. I'd ask you to do this, though. I know your, your, your lives are busy. I went to the Ministerial Alliance meeting yesterday, and I, my life got a lot busier after that. I know that your lives are busy. There's things going on all the time, but the most important absolutely most important thing you can do every single day of your life take two minutes take two minutes stop push everything else aside be still and know that he's God just be still listen to his voice hear a word from him here's a little prayer I was thinking about last week when when I brought that that 
the verse from Romans chapter 12, verse 1, I urge you therefore, brothers, or I, brothers, or I beg you therefore, brother, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to him. This is your reasonable act of worship. And I thought about this. He's the creator of all things. He knew you, knew you, you, and from the beginning of time. He knew you would be here in 2022, right at this moment. He knew I would be born in 1961, August the 11th, right on my brother's birthday. Because my parents didn't have no money, so we had to have one cake for both of them. But God knew that David Diggs was going to be born in 61. God knew from the beginning, before I was even in the womb, that he had a plan for my life. That would not just bring anything. That, you know, he's got this plan. You think, well, I don't know if I want to go to God's plan in my life. Well, God's plan for your life will bring joy, completeness, wholeness, and perfect. It'll be perfect for you. God has a perfect, pure, wonderful plan for your life. And he's had that all the way from the beginning of time. He's also called you and he's given you the position of his kid. You know, we, we, my daughter adopted four teenagers six years ago. And they're ours. For once, they're ours. They've got a position they know that we're not ever going to let go of them. We know that with God. He's adopted us as his kids. And we're talking about the God of the universe, the God who speaks and, and everything jumps, the God who is in control of all things, the God who the Bible says nothing is impossible to. All-powerful, all-knowing God of the universe has adopted us as his kids. So, I've had to come to the point this week that I prayed this little prayer. Father, you've not found me guilty of my sin. Wow. You saved me by your mighty hand, by your mercy, and your grace. So I present myself to you as a living sacrifice of obedience to you. This is my act of worship today. Today. What about you this morning? We've celebrated the Lord's Supper. We've remembered what Jesus has done for us. His body was broken. His blood was shed for us. In my mind and heart, we also recognize that he was raised from the dead. It didn't end there. He didn't just die and that's it. Wasn't like Buddha or, or Muhammad or any of those other guys that led religions. Our Savior rose from the dead. Wow. We either believe that he is the one true God of this universe and we say to ourselves, there is nothing in my life that God can't handle. Nothing. He can handle whatever's going on, whether it's, it's medical or whether... It's change or whatever it is, God can handle it. He's got it. And so, 
Our response to him is this. That God, today I'm yours. It's all I have. You realize that anything else you got is worthless to him? Our money is like pavement. It's just worthless. He just wants us. And so today, in these next few moments, I believe that God is inviting you to join him in that. That today, you would just take a moment to be still. Hear his voice and present yourself to him. Warts and all. God, you made me like I am. God, today I'm yours. This is my act of obedience, my act of worship right now. Let's pray together. Father, in the quietness and stillness of this moment, you speak to our hearts. And we hear. Thank you for what you're doing in every life in this place today. May we affirm right now, Father, that you are our God. And there is none like you. You've loved us so much, Father. God, we present ourselves to you right in the moment, in this quietness and stillness of this moment. We present our lives to you. Thank you, Father, for what you're doing and about to do. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I'm going to ask you just to stay seated where you're at this morning. Sheila's going to play a little hill of invitation. God's inviting you right now. If you've never given your life to Jesus, right now you can do that. You can ask him to be your Savior and your Lord. Whatever's going on in your life, I ask you to just take that and go, Jesus, I lay that before you. It's yours. I take that burden off of me and put it on you. I just want to be your servant. I ask you to do that right now. Sheila Pluggins.
Amen. What a great day to be in the Lord's house. Let me remind you of some things. Friday, we're going to feed the, the teachers uh, at the cafeteria at school. And so I hope you'll be a part of that. Next Sunday, they're going to have a prayer walk around the school. I think they've done that for several years now. And so uh, uh, we'll, we'll participate in that prayer walk at the school. So we won't be having Bible study next week or the week after because we'll be having uh, the next week, 21st, we'll be having nursing home. Um, but let me remind you about Bible study tonight. Toughest chapter in the Bible we're going to go over tonight. Genesis chapter 6. So hope you'll be there for that. It'll be a, it's going to be a good time. A good time. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Okay. Good news. Just need some desserts. We can handle that. Any other word before we go? Guys, I need to meet with y'all here in just a few minutes. And for a few minutes. That'll be good. All right, let's pray together. Father, I thank you for this day. Thank you for what you're doing and you're about to do. God, as we go out of these doors today, God, just help us to, to love you and rejoice and, and share you with others, Father. We thank you for all things. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You're dismissed.